0: Hey, faithful listener. Welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of John. Hey guys, it's Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast. We are basically done with the book of John. We've got one more chapter to go. And so, Tuesday, we're going to be finishing up the book of John. And on Thursday next week, we'll move into the book of Acts. But today, we're going to be talking about Jesus visiting his disciples once again. And this interesting question that the disciples asked had for Jesus that they didn't dare ask him. So we are going to talk about all that today. So grab your Bible and let's go ahead and read John chapter 21 verses 1 through 14 today. As I always do, I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. version this morning, but make sure to grab your cup of coffee, your favorite version of the Bible, whatever that might be, or your cup of tea for those of you who for some reason enjoy tea over coffee. I'll never get it. I will never get understand there are some teas i don't mind and you guys know that i do switch back and forth sometimes between coffee and tea but whenever i switch to tea primarily i always do it very begrudgingly and then i always end up even more with a coffee addiction after that because i taste coffee again and i'm just like this is so much better i don't understand (laughs) all right guys let's go ahead and jump into john 21 1 through 14. After these things, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They told him, we are also coming with you. They immediately went out and entered into the boat. That night, they caught nothing. But when the day had already come, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. Jesus therefore said to them, Children, have you anything to eat? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. They cast it therefore, and now they weren't able to draw it in for the multitude of fish. That disciple therefore whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he wrapped his coat around himself, for he was naked, and threw himself into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat. For they were not that far from the land, but about two hundred cubits away, dragging the net full of fish. So when they got out onto the land, they saw a fire of coals there, with fish and bread laid on it. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land, full of 153 great fish. Even though there were so many, the net wasn't torn. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. None of the disciples dared inquire of him, Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Then Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and the fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus was revealed to his disciples after he had risen from the dead. So verse 14, the last verse we read here, says that this was the third time that Jesus revealed himself to his disciples. The first time, if you guys remember, was when they were in the locked room without Thomas. The second time was a very similar situation where they were also in a locked room, but this time with Thomas, the disciple. And now this is the third time where the disciples went out fishing and Jesus met them at the shore. So it says here that Simon Peter... And Thomas called Didymus, which, by the way, both of those names just mean twin. So Thomas was also called Didymus. And Didymus would be, I think, the Greek version of Thomas. And you'll see in scripture a lot of times that a person will have two names, one in Greek and one in Hebrew. And so Thomas and Didymus mean the same thing. It means twin. So it's very possible that Thomas was actually a twin. Nathan of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. So this could have been either two of Jesus's other 12 disciples or we know that Jesus had multiple followers and multiple disciples, though the 12 were the most, you know, commonly around at Jesus, I guess. So it could have been some of Jesus's other disciples that were not part of the 12 main disciples. We don't know. But anyway, they all go fishing. And my guess when I read this was that firstly, they don't know what to do. (laughs) Like Jesus is risen from the dead and they all were fishermen to begin with. Like that's how Jesus met them all initially. So my guess is that they just went back to doing what they knew how to do. Maybe they needed food also or they needed fish to sell to like actually pay for stuff around the house. And not to mention that Jesus is risen from the dead, but they aren't sure what to do. And so the most comfortable thing that people can do is go back to what they know how to do, if that makes sense. So maybe this was almost like a comfort for the disciples to go fishing, to be productive in some way, uh, while they're waiting to figure out what's going on here with Jesus's resurrection and what they're supposed to do with Jesus's resurrection. So all the disciples told him, we are also coming with you. So they all went on a fishing trip together. They went out, they entered into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. This is pretty common, actually. If you see the disciples fishing, they're very rarely successful if Jesus isn't there. (laughs) It kind of seems like. And this is once again another time where the disciples weren't super successful in their fishing trip. And so they fished the entire night out on the Sea of Tiberias, and caught absolutely nothing. So, the day had come, and Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. So, a lot of people say that it's possible that Jesus just looked very different after the resurrection. It could be also that if day was just breaking, it was still pretty dark outside, and the disciples couldn't quite see Jesus. I don't really know. It does seem like a lot of people don't Recognize Jesus, and there's a lot of different beliefs about that. Some people say that maybe Jesus just looked different as a resurrected person, like he was more of a glorious appearance. Some say that the crucifixion marred Jesus's face in some way, and he had scars. Um, we do know that Jesus did maintain some of his scars, like the ones in his hands and feet and side. So, it's possible that some of the scars did remain on Jesus's body. I'm not sure. But the one that I lean on, and you guys know this, it's possible that people didn't recognize Jesus because, a, they don't expect him to be risen from the dead, especially at the very beginning. And now, here it would be hard if you're a hundred feet away from the shore to recognize somebody. It would just be difficult to do that. So maybe it was just because they were far enough away from the shore. They didn't quite recognize Jesus standing there. So Jesus calls out to them and says, children, have you anything to eat? So this is a common greeting. I've actually heard in other cultures, it's quite common to ask people, have you eaten today? (laughs) As like a hello, like here in America, we just say like, hey, how's it going? Or something like that. Or how you doing? But in other cultures, they ask, have you eaten today? And that's a common greeting showing care for the person you're talking to. Like, hey, are you healthy? Are you well? Have you eaten today? And so Jesus gives this common this common greeting, actually, to the disciples. Children, have you anything to eat? And so they answered him, no. Now, what's really interesting is that Jesus calls them children here. One thing that I, I recently kind of realized is that the disciples were all very young. They were not old like media depicts. In fact, most likely the disciples were all teenagers because that was typically when a disciple would start following their rabbi, was uh, at a very young teenager age. It could be, honestly, that some of these disciples when they first followed Jesus were like 12, 13, 14 years old. Some of them could have been that young. We know that people got married at a much younger age, and Peter was the only disciple that was married at the beginning. And boys would typically marry in this time period around 17, 18 years old. So Peter could have been 18, for all we know, when he started following Jesus. And Jesus was about 30 years old when he started his ministry. So that also shines some light with the relationship between Jesus and the disciples. In some way, it could have been like a mentor, mentee. (laughs) Is that the right word? Mentee kind of relationship or a father and son relationship. Kind of, if you think about that, especially if the disciples were very young. So Jesus often calls them children. And it could be that they very well were children, not to mention that they were you know, the father's adopted children. But anyway, moving forward, they answered him, no, we do not have anything to eat. So he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So don't forget, the disciples did not realize that this was Jesus yet. But they go ahead and do this. They actually listened to the man on the beach, not realizing it was Jesus. And they cast their net on the other side of the boat. And a lot of them were probably thinking like, oh, we might as well listen to him. I mean, crazier things have happened to us. (laughs) And uh, I mean, when Jesus first met some of the disciples, this exact scenario played out where Jesus told Simon Peter, like cast the net on the other side of the boat and you're going to find your fish. And Simon Peter did it and he got a whole bunch of fish. And that was when Jesus first met Simon Peter. And so now the disciples do it. They cast the net on the other side of the fish and they, had a multitude of fish is what it says. And so suddenly the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. John was the first disciple to realize that it was Jesus. That makes a lot of sense to me because John was in fact the one who had the most faith in a lot of ways. So because of this miracle, That happens to the disciples, John realizes that it was Jesus on the shore. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he wrapped his coat around himself for he was naked and threw himself into the sea. (laughs) So Simon Peter is on a boat naked (laughs) and he throws his clothes on and jumps into the ocean. And so the other disciples come in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, about 200 cubits away. And 200 cubits was about, it was about 100 yards from the shore. So those of you listening who do not use yards as a measurement, it would be about 91 meters is how far they were from the shore. And they came in the little boat, dragging the net full of fish. So Peter jumps into the ocean to go see Jesus and gets there before everybody else, leaves the disciples behind with all the fish. Peter just couldn't wait to get to Jesus. If you notice, Peter, and this is very consistent no matter who writes about Peter, he was very sporadic. Whether you're reading about him in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, he's always so sporadic. He just does things. <laughs> And so this is another time where he's just sporadic. He needs to see Jesus so badly that he throws his coat on and jumps into the ocean. I'm shocked he even took time to throw the coat on. (laughs) But that's how we should feel about Jesus, though, is we should have that same urgency in a sense that Peter had that same urgency to want to be with Jesus like that. So I can't really fault Peter here for his urgency to see Jesus and to be with Jesus. So they're dragging the other disciples are dragging the net full of fish up to the shore. So when they got out onto the land, they saw a fire of coals there with fish and bread laid on it. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Jesus had made a nice fire for his disciples before they even got there. So Jesus very much planned on eating a meal with his disciples. How much different is this meal than the one they had right before his death? This meal is so different. This is a joyful meal after Jesus is resurrected. So anyway, Jesus says, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter went up drew the net onto the land full of 153 great fish. So these were pretty big fish, I would guess. And there was 153 of them. I do not know the significance of the number. I'm always the type of person that (laughs) I, I feel like I'm decently black and white for the most part. And so when I see 153, I don't like, you know, jump to an analogy of what 153 might mean. I just... I just think that maybe 153 fish just went into the net. I don't know. But anyway, so there's 153 fish in the net. And even though there were so many, the net wasn't torn. And so that's actually very special because nets tear very quickly. I don't know if you've ever like gotten a, a thing of fruit, you know, from the grocery store. You can get that netting off of the fruit very, very easily. And if you can imagine like that net holding like a hundred oranges, it would easily tear. I, I could imagine. But this net did not tear, even though there were that many huge fish in it, because yeah, it's what it says. They were great fish. So the net wasn't torn, which was a miracle. So Jesus says to them, come and eat breakfast. And none of the disciples dared inquire of him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? This is a very quizzical statement. And a lot of people say that the reason this is in here is because this proves that Jesus looked different. That even though the disciples were right there next to him, they still couldn't quite recognize Jesus. And so they had this thought, in their head, like, hey, we should ask Jesus who he is, but we shouldn't because we do know it is Jesus. And so some people claim that the disciples couldn't even recognize Jesus when they were right there on the shore. You know, like basically with him, that is how different Jesus looked. But I think that that's a very dangerous argument. And here's why. Because we have more than 400 eyewitness accounts of people who said they saw Jesus after he was resurrected. And John did recognize Jesus. And the other disciples did recognize Jesus. And so I think it's dangerous to say that Jesus looked so different that he was practically unrecognizable. What I think is happening here, and to me this makes the most logical sense, John is saying none of the disciples dared inquire of him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Listen to the verbiage, knowing that it was the Lord. The disciples now knew that Jesus was in fact the Messiah. You're going to see that before Jesus died and rose from the dead, the disciples were constantly questioning, who is this man? Who is this man that literally can cause the ocean waves to stand still? Who is this man that can stop this storm? Who is Jesus? They were always asking that question. And even after the Last Supper, when the disciples were walking with Jesus, literally to Jesus's betrayal and death, they had so many questions about Jesus. And they kept asking Jesus, like, where are you going? Where do you come from? So you can see the disciples did not understand that Jesus was God's son. And now here... Nobody needed to ask that question anymore. They didn't need to inquire of him, who are you? Because they knew that he was the Lord. He was their Lord. He was their Messiah that was risen from the dead. And he's our Messiah too. And even though we don't know exactly what Jesus looked like, we believe in him because of the eyewitness accounts of the 400 plus people that got to see and experience Jesus after his death and resurrection. But guys, thank you so much for sharing that cup of coffee with me as we enjoyed scripture together today. Now, if you're looking for a really, really good cup of coffee, please check out 7 Weeks Coffee because it is linked in the description of this episode. 7 Weeks Coffee supports unborn babies. When babies are seven weeks old, they're about the size of a coffee bean. And so that's why uh, Seven Weeks Coffee is named that, which I find absolutely adorable. So anyway, check them out. 10% of everything that they make goes to pregnancy centers. And when you use my link, 10% will also go to P40 Ministries. So if you're looking for fresh whole bean coffee, check out Seven Weeks Coffee. Anyway, faithful listeners, I will see you guys all tomorrow for an episode out of Joshua. Once again, we are moving through Joshua very quickly, and we'll be done with it, I think, Wednesday? I think. I'm not sure. I'll let you guys know. (laughs) All right, guys, I will see you all tomorrow. Happy listening, and God bless